and welcome to the Morning Ski Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell, here to walk through the Thursday, February 8th NHL Fantasy Slate. DJ, how you doing? How was your Tuesday? Uh, it was fine. I think it's, it was like a nearly a direct break even for me on the, the slate pretty much. Uh, DFS was really bad. Uh, I think it was honestly pretty bad for everyone. I'm not going to take too much... Uh, like I'm not gonna take a lot of heat for having a bad lineup because it felt like everyone had, like I had a bad lineup. It was at one point I had like 42 points like in the third period of the the seven o'clock games, and I was in like fifth in the listener league. So I uh, I really I, I was like, what the heck is going on? I I know it finished a lot worse. A lot of people still had Edmonton to go, but I can't imagine that lifted too many boats. Um, but yeah, I played Dallas one and I lost. Yeah, I scored a 48.7. So. Yes, I played Dallas I, one I plus final was yeah plus Harley plus oh, Heiskanen um, and those two guys I believe were my highest scorers because I also played Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett who did absolutely nothing. Wait, what did and, you have? Yeah. What, what did you have? What, what was your final? The five man Dallas. Oh, I had forty nine. No, the full the full. Sorry, forty eight point seven. I had forty seven point one. Let's go. All right. Um, Booked a huge win yeah. and, on and Tuesday. I, 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 you know what? I will say this, though, about my, my lineup is that going into the slate, I locked the Noonan in with, like, five seconds left when that came out, like, mili- like moments before the slate. And I'm like, I have the nuts. And if I have the nuts and a Noonan gets there, oh, my God, I win everything because no one's playing a mid And uh, I did not get there. And a Noonan did not get there. Um so again, I do think it, like, it pays sometimes. And, and, and in many sports, you can't get that kind of an edge. But with the slate the way it was, not knowing that starting goalie, uh, just it does pay that last minute to really be refreshing oh, if you have something of that nature. Did he wind up scoring negative or no? No, he had three three point five. It was terrible. I mean, I I I make that play a hundred times out of yeah. No, I'm, tell me you would just like it. It was Pointer or him for me. So, well, yeah, clearly. Um, oh, okay, so, they scored an empty netter. Okay, I couldn't figure out why. I didn't. I I had his over twenty six and a half saves, and he had twenty six saves with four goals against plus an empty netter. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering how I have managed to lose, how he didn't go negative, and you know whatever doesn't matter. Uh, Tuesday terrible. We move on to Thursday seven game slate. Um, a couple teams fresh out of the break. Uh, Arizona, one of those teams. Actually, I think the only one who didn't uh, play already. Um, yeah, wow. I think so. Uh... So. Yeah. Yeah. So we are That's right. protected by the narrative of, uh, you know, team versus whatever, but the shaking off the rust or whatever we're going to have to deal with next week when, because um, I mean, clearly the Tuesday slate was pretty garbage. Whether you correlate that to the fact that these teams were all on the All Star break and, you know, half the league was in another country for, you know, the majority of that break, whatever. Who knows? Uh, I certainly don't claim to have all the answers. Um, but we are dealing with six matchups where you know all the teams have played already, so that rush should be shaken off. And then we have Vegas and Arizona. Um, so yeah, I don't know anything else you want to cover before we start going through the games. Uh, no, we'll we'll get to anything going through them. Uh, I mean, the big news was about Arizona uh, and the potential move, but there's a lot of podcasts that will cover that in a lot more detail and understanding. 32 thoughts, which I, I don't think has released yet. So I, I'm not able to uh, give you that update through what they said. So why don't we get right into the slate? Uh, we have Vancouver. Are you ready for me or do you want to do the read first? Yeah, uh, you go ahead. We have Vancouver at Boston, a rematch of the Stanley Cup that burned down the city of Vancouver. Minus 130 for Boston at home. It's a six and a half over under, basically a pick em. Uh Colorado at Carolina. A six and a half over under plus uh you know hundred on that over minus one forty two for the hurricanes uh, my plus one twenty for Colorado. Um Washington is at the Florida Panthers. Uh Washington really disappointing in that in that come out. I was pretty high on them in every capacity. Uh they're plus two hundred on the road, six over under, minus one twenty-five on that under six. And then Florida, of course, massive favorites by all that logic at minus two forty-five. Um the Flames are at the New Jersey Devils. As Nazem Kadri said, a pack of hyenas can hunt down a lion after that win against Boston. I went over on my little stream. A lot of people like Boston. And I was like, I am not betting this line. It's a bad line. I don't care what anyone says. I'm not betting it. But I did not have any stones to bet the other side and take these uh, 
Calgary Flames, they're plus 120 on the road in New Jersey, who looked okay against Colorado. It's a six and a half over under plus 100 on that over. Um, Winnipeg is at the Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers uh, went into a full show mode uh, in the third period against Florida and got the win. They're plus 130 at home, minus 155 on Winnipeg. Who could not be Tristan Jari in Pittsburgh on Tuesday? Uh, five and a half over under as a pick on two. So our lowest total, and it's not by much, as we're going to get to in the last game. Um, but the Tampa Bay Lightning are the only back-to-back. They're at the New York Islanders going from the Rangers to the Islanders. It is basically a pick 'em, uh, plus 100 on Tampa, minus 120 on the Islanders, plus 110 on that over six and a half. And the final game is the Vegas Golden Knights after knocking off Edmonton and ending that win streak. They're minus 148 favorites against the aforementioned, soon to be not Arizona Coyotes. Um, who should be returning? Barrett Hate into the lineup. That's the biggest news note that we had. And we're going to get into that in the game by game breakdown. Anything you wanted to say, or do you have a Thing to read i don't know how to do such so i i leave it to you to read no uh, that is true um no yeah, no uh otherwise than the barrett heaton thing i believe we made it through pretty unscathed on uh tuesday so really no other updates on a team-by-team basis um to foley we're expecting to return but no guarantee he was sick um and did not play tuesday otherwise I, I, again i think we're clean so um not a ton to digest and certainly nothing that's slate defining uh, off the top so with all that said thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this podcast uh, as you know some of you may be aware uh, there is a game coming up this weekend in the other sports that some people care about for some reason uh, so if you're looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58 DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets or if you want to bet on hockey, you know, you can also do that too. Uh, that's what I do. Uh, that's what I prefer. But hey, you know, if you want to bet on football, I mean, be my guest. Uh, download the Sportsbook app, or DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of DJ's favorite casino, Boot Hill Resort, Boot Hill Resort and Casino in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Boyd in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Okay, so uh, once again, this is a DraftKings daily fantasy show, but if you want to support the show, please do uh, you know, get your friends to sign up for the sportsbook and use uh, promo code THPN. All right, DJ. Wait, do you, do, well, do you have a Super Bowl bet for anyone right now? I want to put you on the spot. Uh, no, I do not. Cool. I bet that okay, I will be miserable. I, I, I bet on that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will bet on the game not being nearly as much fun as any hockey game, but I will say that I am, I've put a, a couple schmeckles on, on Depot Samuel over on total yards. I will say that. Um, okay. I don't uh, think that maybe is, I'll I, from, from what I, from, oh, sorry. What? I, I bet football with you enough to know that my gold star lock of the week is uh, Devo Samuel unders across the board. Let's do it. Same game parlay under under under. I feel like it's win. been a it's been a universally loved prop is Devo Samuel stuff. So I, I like liked it, and then I listened to a couple podcasts and they reaffirmed my priors. I liked it, which could be why you're here today. So why don't we get to reaffirming your priors if you have some, or maybe it's telling you they're wrong. And we'll start by going to Vancouver and Boston. We're going to go to the great city of Boston for this, the, where the bean pot's going on right now. If you like hockey, watch that. It's awesome. Uh, bought, bought BU, beat Boston College. That goes a little F word live after the game. It was great. Um, Wait, didn't they Matt, just play Any pulse? thoughts on that? Yeah, and then they played the first round of the bean pot. Uh, it was like, that's what he was saying. Like, and, and Boston College beat BU part- twice. Wait, what? So the bean pot's a separate tournament, not part of conference play? Or is no. it part of conference play? I that's huh. I don't know that it it is its huh. own thing. 
It is a tournament like, that is on. Because that has implications of qualifying for the Frozen Four, right? Like chart conference, winning I, your conference or I'll whatever. Think. So, huh, weird. You're asking a question I don't have an answer to, but also like, what's funny is that these type I, of little I, tournaments, like everyone, like a lot of people have been clamoring for them and everyone's like, well, it's not a hockey thing. And like the Beanpot's been going on for a hundred years and it's like the one thing people get excited about for college hockey in season. Uh, and and that's pretty few and far between i'd say but yeah it's it's sweet i love it i just wish there was more of that kind of stuff in hockey yeah. um well, and the nhl event like it would be it'd be fun i'm guessing somebody uh in the 75 years or whatever has considered whether or not these games are part of conference play but okay i because I, I knew uh, what bc and uh, uh, uh the guy who i want dead because i'm from philly uh he you know they beat B twice, right? So I was very confused. Okay, better go TA. There we go. There's his name. Yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, Jesus you Christ. Were, oh, um, I, I thought you were a big kid. Just a joke. Yeah, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Yeah. So Vancouver, Boston. Let's talk about the uh, seven games here. I am finally sharing screen for the uh, for the folks over on YouTube. Uh, if you need the link to DJ's YouTube, it is in the description of the podcast. So feel free to check that out. Just the visual, the rainbow, whatever uh, that just sort of goes along with the slate. So uh, Vancouver and Boston. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think we expected the results on Tuesday where Boston laid an egg and well, maybe we did expect the lights on home to immediately come in. And I believe he had like one goal in 35 games. Uh, or some something ridiculous like that in his last days in Calgary, immediately scores twice. On how many shots? Two? Two shots? You know, you. two goals, two sure shots. Two. We we love the Vancouver Canucks uh, on this podcast. I mean, just what a hockey team. Uh, they literally make magic every night. So um, I don't really think this game is very enticing to me. You know, I've been pretty anti-Boston for a little bit now and they've been better in their underlyings. I mean, you can see that the expected goals for and against are both above average, which is pretty, uh, which is relatively new versus the previous, you know, whatever month or so when, when we were pointing this out on a sleep by sleep basis. Um, but I really just don't want to attack this Vancouver team. They're really good defensively. Um, so this game just feels pretty, pretty gross to me. And I honestly would not be surprised if David Pasternak were chalk again because they're at home. They're going to be favorites. They probably have one of the best totals on the slate. I mean, clearly, like, Florida is going to have a better total, but I don't know. I I just think that Pasta gets owned, and I don't really want a piece of this matchup. So what do you think about the spot? Yeah, I totally agree. And, And again, it's really more price considered than anything for me. Um, I think it's just the fact that both of these top, you know, with Boston, it's pretty easy to figure out the top players. There's like three of them and some ancillary add-ons, you know, your Zaka's, et cetera, who did score on the power play with Pasternak, um, I believe. But again, like there's some additions that make it doable, but I don't think I'm paying up for Pasternak on this slate. There's a lot of options I like more. And Vancouver really isn't discounted enough in this spot other than Elias Lindholm. Mm-hmm. So the only interest I have would be going through Lindholm and Pedersen and Pedersen's 8,200. Like you're, he's overpriced just like frankly, and it's coming down and I think it'll continue uh, again, hopefully if this game doesn't go as planned. Uh, but I kind of was only in on Vancouver when it was the, um, oh my God, the lotto line, the lotto line. And that was kind of all, you know, all for one one for all like that, that line or nothing. And it's not like that anymore. Um, they didn't produce a metric ton against Carolina. Who's to blame them? It all came through the power play uh, more well, more or less. I mean, you know, five on five was, was not quite there for them. Uh, they scored twice in the power play and JT Miller had a five on five marker and that three to two win. But again, I'm just, why, what? Um, they had four power play shots, hit a post Garland, uh, the two Lindholm goals, and then a Quinn Hughes uh, missed that. Just absolutely incredible hockey team like they just cannot like be stopped i mean this is just unbelievable so i guess to that extent i mean elias lindholm we talked about it last show he's immediately in the best spot possible um he played 21 minutes right off the bat which is about as good as i think you could hope for um and he went down 100 so lindholm is a great play i think he's one offable um you know i don't think you need to play Pedersen with him you certainly don't need to play uh Mikheyev with him and, or quinn hughes or anyone like that really so i will keep 
Lynn told him in the back pocket. Um, he has moved over to wing now, which, you know, uh, makes the stacking a bit easier if you want to play Pedersen with him. But that that's the one spot in this game where I'm, you know, pretty interested. Otherwise, I'm expecting Boston to do some line uh, juggling, you know, so JVR 4K was power play one. Um, but if we don't get confirmation of those power play units or even the five on five lines for that matter until warmups, um, which I assume we get, but I'm guessing that that role is pretty tenuous. Like, you know, anytime you lose to the, as a significant favorite, like changes are probably happening and they tend to happen to the dudes like JVR. So uh, I just don't really think we can go back to that well. Maybe Zaka because, you know, who else are they going to play at center? But um, keep an eye out for Charlie Coyle stuff. You know, he's 5,600 though, which just not super interested in that price. Uh, so anyway, anyone else that you want to call out here? No, no, we can move over. Cool. Um, I'm a lot more interested in the second game. Colorado at Carolina. Um, you know, I guess I'll start with Colorado just to make things easy. Of course, this doesn't show up as a unbelievably great matchup for Colorado because it's a very tough team, but they have been very good. But I think more than anything, I, like the McKinnon situation is unstoppable, uh, in my opinion. I mean, this was the first game and forever he didn't have a point. And he still had four shots on goal, but like he was so dangerous still. And, and I just think that you are going to get a guy, and I know it's, again, it is it is the most expensive player on the slate. I'm almost, yeah, by like 300. Um, no, not a crazy amount, I guess. I don't think ownership is going to be very high on Nathan McKinnon because he's playing against Carolina. And I get it. That makes sense. I'm not arguing at that point, but that's when I want to play him the most. And I think that you could actually game sack this game with a really, really interesting build. And I'm, again, I, I know Carolina could, I mean, they could keep them to under 25 shots on goal, but McKinnon and Rantanen and McCarr are going to do all of that damage anyways. So you don't have to like, it takes the guesswork out of it. And I just don't think Carolina is actually going to slow McKinnon down um, personally. Like, that isn't, uh, you know, that they might block enough shots or whatever, but like, I, I kind of like, again, I, again, I'm kind of already talking myself into a full game stack here and because it, the other side has a lot of value options you could fit in. Um, so I'm pretty interested here in the McKinnon and bringing it back. Yeah. So, um, I mean, when McDavid and friends were in town, now this was in November, so you know, take that with a grain of salt. That was before they were world beaters. Carolina won six to three and they absolutely pummeled uh, McDavid with the Jordan stall line. You know, I, I tend not to care much about line matching. Um, but my God, I, I mean, this is, a, I, I just sort of wanted to see what they did. And let me just pull this up over on the screen here, but um, you can see that when Stahl and McDavid were on the ice with each other, which they made a very considered effort to have them on the ice together, uh, Stahl just ate McDavid's breakfast. And then again, this was, you know, maybe he was hurt, maybe he wasn't or whatever. Um, but at least it does mean we know what Carolina is going to try and do here. Um, I personally just have too much respect for Jordan Stahl and his line mates defensively to where I am not interested in paying this price tag for McKinnon. I'll happily go to either Kucherov or Pasternak, um, you know, if I really want to spend that much money. Uh, you know, uh, plot twist, I don't plan to spend that much money, um, but we'll see what happens, you know, what opens up value-wise and whatnot. Um, other, you know, so that immediately sort of takes the McKinnon stuff out of consideration for me, which then sort of just takes Colorado out of consideration. I don't see the need to pay 8,400 for Kel McCarr in probably one of the worst matchups for a guy like Kel McCarr. Like he's not going to stand in front of a bunch of shots. I mean, he will block shots, but he's not necessarily the, you know, he's just not a guy who really sucks in volume of block shots or whatever. Like I don't really think that matters much for him here. So yeah, he could ceiling, McKinnon could ceiling, but I think that we know what Carolina is going to try and do. We know that they're pretty successful at it, um, but that makes me interested in the top six in Carolina. If we know the saw lines eating up the, the, the tough matchup, well, why not take uh, take advantage of Ross Colton and Ryan Johansson as the middle six centers uh, with the Aho and jury lines? And so we are expecting... Andrei Svechnikov to miss this game once again. He practiced in a non-contact jersey on on Wednesday, so you know it would be a surprise if he played, in my opinion. Um, but we saw Seth Jarvis on the top line with Aho and Taravainen, so 
Jarvis is immediately interesting. He's been nothing short of awesome uh, over this last stretch. Um, everyone who's been better than him is either William Carlson, who's played, I think, one or two games in the sample, or is 7K or more on the slate. And he has 5,400, uh, just some stellar underlines, and clearly a bump in roll going to the Ajo line at 515 and paired with Ajo on the power play. Um, or if you need value, we are expecting jury to center uh, bunting and NHS once again. So I think it's pretty clear to me that Carolina is the side I'm more interested in. Um, I think I'm just going to spend up for Ajo and Jarvis if I wind up going this route. But DJ, what are your thoughts uh, about the Carolina matchup? Yeah, I, I mean, again, I think my playing of Colorado is uh, tethered to playing Carolina. Like, I don't think I'm playing Colorado without it. Um, and you can, of course, I mean, we're talking about some of the best uh, players in the entire world as far as producing fantasy. But again, I think that it's tethered for me. And I love what you said about Jarvis. I'm glad you already caught that. I was hoping you saw that as well, because we didn't mention that that change. Martin Nuke went down to Stall and Faust. Uh, Jarvis went up. Uh, the other thing was Cockney ended up look. I think he took over with Natos and Bunting. Um, I could talk myself into just playing Natos um, as a bringback. Uh, if I do play McKinnon, because Ajo is just a bit too expensive at that rate to stack McKinnon um, and still get Carolina. So I think he's the, the logical bringback. Um, any defenseman too that you could maybe convince yourself on. I, I mean, we could we could discuss a few of them. Uh, maybe there's a guy in there as well, but. I could be easily swayed either way on either of these lines. Um, the power play one was Burns, Aho, Jarvis, Bunting, Tara Vinen. So the correlation leads me to the Aho line, but of course you're not bringing that back with Colorado. So I think you know in a vacuum, I like that line more. Like you're saying, in a game script, I might go the other way on it and just say that you know Nate Charles explodes because I do think he has unbelievable upside even without that power play role with the way he's shooting right now. Over the last five, he is. 7.4 attempts per game um, and 65% of those are on net, which is a bit of a change from what we were seeing early in the year. Like I think he's just back to full go. Uh, he may have been nursing some sort of an injury because he was not the same player. And I kind of talked about that um, on my Tuesday Twitter space. So I talked for a while there, any thoughts. And again, I just wanted to again, point out that question of any defenseman you might like for Carolina. Um, There's no defenseman that I'm overly interested in. I, I think, uh, you know, I think the Burns discussion has been very much played out, and uh, I'm just not seeing enough out of guys like Orlov or Pesci to really be interested in like punting with uh, with those fellows. So, um, you know, if you want to play around with something uh, to do with the Carolina third line, I I mean they're gonna play a ton of minutes because again I believe they will be hard matched with Nathan McKinnon who like leads the league in five on five ice time per game, so like you're gonna get more uh, Jordan Stahl than anyone could ever imagine, and he's a relatively productive player you know for 2700 it's not like he's a superstar or anything but like he's not the end of the world so like if you wanted to say okay, this is the five-man shutdown unit. Let's grab Jordan Stahl. And, you know, I don't even know who they're using in that capacity defensively at this point. I don't have the uh, the thing up for the Edmonton game anymore. Um, but if you wanted to try and go, like, you know, a, a mini stack of Stahl and Martinuk and whatever, Slavin, to just sort of give yourself some breathing room salary-wise and spend way up for other spots, I think that's okay because, again, just the minutes are going to be there for this third line um, in this matchup specifically. So uh, let's go over to Washington and Florida. Um, on the Washington front, we saw them roll out new lines without uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov. Um, they lost to Montreal, so not off to the hottest of starts there. If they head into Florida, um, yikes. I mean... You know, the field was on Alex Ovechkin. I have to imagine they're not going to be, despite him finally scoring and hitting a shots bonus last game. Um, but, you know, 6,100 in a very difficult matchup in Florida. I'm like, I'm not uninterested in it, but it's certainly, uh, you know, it's a tough sell, especially with Dylan Strome as his center being relatively priced up. And um, yeah, so what do you think about this game uh, and anything on Washington first? Yeah, I, I I definitely agree because I I think the sentiment that I said last time is largely felt, and I'm I'm going to stick to it. I think I'd be quite a coward if I immediately said 
you know what I said last late about playing guys against Florida? I completely go back on everything I said about and in one slate I've changed my mind because they lost two to one to Philly at a Noah Cates goal like I'm still afraid of Florida all right I'm afraid of Panthers which is a logical fear to have um and I don't really think Washington's gonna crack the code and win the slate in my opinion um the, the numbers as you can see if you're looking at our screen right now uh, if you're on YouTube they kind of lead you in that direction of Washington not really being in a favorable matchup um the angle here is that you're getting uh, way away from the field on a good play. And I still think Ovechkin is in a vacuum, a good play at 6,100, like you're saying, but it's not where my cap's going to go. It's not a game environment. I really want to be all that involved in, in general. And I get Florida and I think they'll be popular. And for an okay, decent reason. I mean, I just played them. I could see myself going back and like a Florida Carolina situation is something I'm at least considering right now, but, I'm not as interested in this game as some other spots we might get to at this current time. So I think I'm going to plan on fading this game altogether, but on the Washington side, it's probably over your bust. I don't think you're going to be getting away with guys that aren't that volume uh, shooting against this team, regardless or don't have that volume of shooting or guys that have that, you know, historic elite finishing ability that are just going to magically get there. I guess a team that just is superior. Yeah. If if I sigh up myself into another Sam Bennett uh, play and he zeros, I just, I mean, you may not see me on the show again. Like, it is just, I mean, that dude is it just the sense. absolute worst. I, I just, I, I could not believe what I was watching when I was like, wait, I played Sam Bennett and Matthew Kachuk and just nothing's happening. Like I just should have played Samson. I, at least I could have gone to bed knowing that I was not just the biggest coward on the planet. Um, but so, so it goes. Um, and yeah, that means I'll probably bounce right back to the, uh, the Reinhardt Barkov side of things. If I'm picking one, um, I'm a little worried about ownership. You know, it's very, uh, I, I don't think this slate has a ton of obvious spots other than uh, Florida. Um, just given the way that the Vegas lines sh- have shaken out and then the other spots sort of being a bit less uh, straightforward than maybe we would like. So I do worry about significant ownership on both of the top two Florida lines. I'm not to say you can't play it, um, but just, just be mindful of who you're stacking them with. Um, especially if you're like trying to uh, get into some other, you know, higher team total stuff type stuff. If I'm playing Florida, I'm almost certainly thinking about Ovi as a bring back because, you know, how does Florida get there in the most efficient way possible? It's probably through the power play. And what happens when teams score on the power play or get power plays? The other team also gets power plays because that's how human psychology works and referees are humans, believe it or not. Um, so Ovi getting power play run, you know, makes sense as a little team stack. Uh, and you know, always the quintessential game stack because all the offense will go through Ovi. So that's how I'll be playing Florida if I wind up there. And if I do wind up on Sam Bennett, somebody just you know, please send a man to my house with a gun and just done that. Great. Okay. Uh, news. What do we have? What's your address uh, again? Lines. What's that? Oh, so what's your address again? I'm just sorry. I'm just yeah, I, I was no, writing this right. down. <laughs> you're right uh, well i need someone to uh, i was saying i need someone to feed my cats when something oh i think i was gonna move to the mountains after uh maybe two slates ago so uh i don't know maybe i'll just take my cats with me in that sense i don't remember what we were talking about okay we were so talking about how the, bad this game is and then you said something about mines and yes the and important I, I thing out, uh, i like my joke too much yeah, thank you. Uh, the important thing is, is that without uh, Kuznetsov, uh, we saw a top power play with Oshi, Strom, Ovechkin, Pacioretty uh, up front with John Carlson. So McMichael played second line minutes, second power play, but he played 17 minutes. Um, I, I think that he's a reasonable play, particularly as a one-off, 2,900. Um, just if you need a punt, uh, that's a far larger role than I think we should have expected pretty much at any point up until now. So um, some of the monitor going forward, I just don't think will be a 2,900 player for long. Thus you can play those types of dudes whenever, if you need a filler. So there you go. But I do think there's other value centers that are better as we will get to. Okay. Uh, anything else here? No, uh, we can get over to the next game, which I I'm interested in. Uh, it is the Calgary flames, red hot flames coming into New Jersey to, 
take on, I guess, the also Red Hot Devils if we just say what happened since the All-Star break. They both won. Is that um, because both teams were red? That was the 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 yeah the genesis of this joke. Correct. Uh, I'm on fire right now myself with the the humor. I mean, this is really quite. Is, is that because thing. we're talking about the Flames? All right. Uh, which you want to talk about the Flames first? Why don't we just go there? Um, yes, yes, Matt. Thank you for pointing out the joke. Uh, okay. Top power play was Huberdo, Sharon Govich, Hannafin. Pauses. Padre and Kuzmenko. <laughs> Hannafin played 26 you know, minutes. Um, you know what we should have done. We should have just uh, like listened to our gut when, well, at least I was saying, uh, my hot take of the Kuzmenko, hot take, get it? Uh, Kuzmenko, Huberdo, and Sharon Govich line because, you know, that, that would have been nice, huh? Um, I guess Sharon Govich didn't do anything, but maybe they're not the worst hockey players on the planet. Just th- did that thought cross your mind like halfway through the Tuesday slate? Okay, but I'm gonna say two things here. First and foremost, the the turn, the heel turn on Guzmanco for you is is something. I mean, he he goes from a team just dramatically outperforming all their expectations. Okay, 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 okay. I know what you're gonna say, and guess what? The entire the entire audience knows what you're gonna say too. Um, but the, the point of daily fantasy is not to be right. Like, you know, if it were to be right, we would just be playing McKinnon every night and winning. The point is to be right. When other people are not right, you know, it's it's sort of like, well, you know, what do you win when you win? And guess what? Everyone thinks that Huberto and Kuzmenko suck. And I'm I'm in that boat. Like if you held a gun to my head and said, pick two guys who suck, they are up at the top of the list. But I know that the field is thinking the exact same way. We just saw it once. I mean, there's clearly, you know, like it's it's not gonna get cheaper than 3,500 Kuzmenko and 3,600 Jonathan Huberto. Like, I mean, if it does, like the difference is immaterial between 2,900 and 3,600. Um, so there's a ceiling baked in here. Uh, guess who also sucks? The uh, uh, New Jersey Devils goaltending situation. Hell, the New Jersey Devils themselves are just not very good right now. So that all leads me to like, it's cheap enough to where you don't need a ton for the stack to pay off. Why not just play guys who are perfectly correlated? on the top line, on the top power play, in a good matchup. And they have a history of success. I don't know. It, it, it's not the craziest thing I've ever considered. And maybe next time I'll just trust myself before I, you know, I don't know. I, I was always going to play Dallas lastly. So it's not like revisionist history to say, oh, well, actually I would have done this differently. But I shouldn't have really ruled them out as, in terms of like, oh yeah, these guys are clearly not going to get less expensive, less owned than they are right now. You know, starting now, going forward. Um, like it's just one of those clearly obvious things to me. So, Hey, I'm considering Calgary one there. What you got? Nope. 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 You, uh, you took it away. You took it and ran with it. Um, I was honestly pausing for a second to, and then I was going to go into the, uh, clearly Calgary has, uh, committed to Noah Hannafin being tradable and they're trying to boost his stock by putting him out there for 25 minutes, first power play. And I really wanted to make a note of that as well, that, that just is going to be what it is. So if you are playing that first line, which is all power yeah. play one correlated, I think Noah Hannafin makes just an unbelievable amount of sense at 4,300. Um, the other defensemen are falling in price. So as they continue to fall, keep an eye out for Noah Hannafin to miss a game. And that could be right before puck drop because of a potential trade. So definitely be keeping an eye on that because if you end up getting Rasmus Anderson at 5K because he's not the top power play anymore and Noah Hannafin's out, you know, just good situations to monitor and keep an eye on and, they might leave him on the East Coast, Noah Hannafin. That's where he wants to be, and they're there now. So uh, keep an eye on that for sure. Good talk on the Flames. Uh, the only other player that I guess exists is Nazem Kadri, who had a ton of run as well. Uh, the you know, mm-hmm. Up there with the rest of them at 5-on-5, five five, and also the power play one compared to the other top 5-on-5 five five guys in Backlund and Coleman. Um, he gets that first power play run. Pospisil played five minutes, and you might be thinking to yourself, I feel like I remember him in Matt's lineup. What? Ha- oh, yeah, he got kicked out of the game. So Matt, I did want to. He was on track. He was on track to score too many fantasy points. So they they took him out. They were like, "Hey, uh, you, you got to go. We're we're feeling a potential secondary assist coming up. You got to get out of here." Um, and yeah, we can't. Uh, be and it could have happened on, on the on the uh, Zari goal because Zari did score at five on five. Kadri had two yeah. assists at five on five. The other one to Huberdo. No, he he hadn't been thrown one. out of the game at that point. 
he had not been thrown out. I saw him on the ice. I'm like, wait, oh. my guy's on the ice. They scored. That was when I had hope, and I should not have had. You're hope. right. He did. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. He was out there. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll pass it back to you to finish anything up on this uh, team, and we can talk Devils. Yeah, no. Um, you know, and the like Connor Zari's good. He's 2900. Like Kadri and him are interesting. Um, I just struggle a little bit more when you get up to playing Kadri at 6k. Like you're very clearly making decisions that will impact the rest of your lineup versus if you just slot in Calgary one. Yes, Sharangovich is 4,800, so it's not a huge difference. Um, but the perfect correlation, the, the $1,200, I think those make a difference in how you're building out the rest of your lineup. So that's sort of just why I prefer the top line over like Kadri's Ari and just hoping to get lucky. Um, so I uh, I'm more in on the rehabilitation project than I am like the young gun in Zari at this point. Okay. So on the New Jersey front, um, without Tyler Toffoli, Timo did get into the top six. Uh, I believe we yelled about this uh, on the last show and, you know, Tyler Toffoli's illness sort of changed that for us. Um, he was still not on the top power play though. Um, Mercer took that, that role. Um, I'm expecting Toffoli to return anyway. Um, but it just goes to show that we're pretty much in RIP Timo territory. Um, he's fallen off of the expected fantasy points list as well, sadly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, any interest in, I guess, not Timo, any non-Timo interest from you, DJ? I, I think if we're interested in the, the flame side of things because of that full top line, full power play correlation, I, I'm not disinterested in the other side of the coin here with lot he sheer brat and luke hughes who had 25 minutes and and i, and I really think if you consider this to be a, a closer game and i'm pretty sure the sports books have it right around there and you think this is going to be competitive like the reason luke hughes is out there so much is because that is their best offensive defenseman by a, a decent margin and he's 4k i mean he's not shooting that's the problem here and the reason why he's 4k but again if they're getting there and new jersey one is getting there especially guys that kind of have to get there and just for Brat for them to get there at 6,600. I definitely think who could be along for the ride is uh, Luke Hughes. Um, just for Brett is kind of the, I think the driver of the bus for this team now, which is sad in reality, but he's a good player. I'm not going to be wrong. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying like, boy, that is a far cry it's, from the Jack Hughes days. Um, it's possible. Talking? He was returned, isn't it? I guess we've made I it to this point without considering that. So I, it, they yeah i yeah I'm just reading it now kind of look yeah it's possible it, it, there's a chance okay. i just got, could keep an eye on it and and if he returns and he's gonna that adds a little bit more intrigue to, to honestly because this game stack gets a little bit more interesting to me um and yeah, i like, and we, like we I, have, I don't know i don't know why i'm yeah i'm sorry what yeah we have no practice from wednesday but based on yeah. the lead up to the game they were saying he could return this week i think it's more likely he returns on the weekend but we'll see um you mentioned Luke Hughes. That's super interesting. He's paired with John Marino. They killed the game. So like Luke Hughes, offensive defenseman, but also out there in empty net situations, you know, theoretically uh, a very good role for him because there's no one else to, you know, it's Kevin Ball since uh, Nemich like wasn't out there for the end game, which was interesting. And then Colin Miller and like, uh, Hattaka, like, uh, or Hattaka or whoever that dude is. So, uh, yeah, Luke Hughes' minutes should be safe. The role is going to be there. It's just a matter of can you afford the zero that he puts up, you know, some percentage of the time um, in exchange for the upside yeah. he offers you. So keep that in mind when you're building your lineups. But it's certainly the best role we've seen for Luke Hughes at this point. And Jack coming back would only improve his offensive outlook. So, um, yeah, more to come there. Winnipeg at Philadelphia. Um, Winnipeg getting absolutely just, I mean, uh, the, the, the coffin was sealed rather early on. I mean, Pittsburgh, just an awesome defensive effort, um, to shut out the jets. Brendan Dillon is suspended, but we don't know of any other, like, uh, we don't expect any changes to the lineup or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on Winnipeg here? Ah, I, I, you know, that top line did look good, but that was it. I mean, Kyle Connor looked dangerous at times and that was it. I watched a lot of that third period as I had a Kyle Connor anytime point bet. And I didn't take the under on Adam Lowry, like a true fishy coward boy. Um, yeah, I, boy, that top line plays a lot. They are full power right. play, but I'm just not going to stack him against Philly. So I who am, cares? 
I'm going to uh, take the clip of the sabers where Darlene's in the aquarium and go, that's a fish. And I'm going to put that right after what you just said. So thank you, DJ, for supplying me the uh, TikTok of the podcast. Perfect. Yeah, no, I am. I really am. I, I was convinced myself that Connor for a point was safer than Lowry to not get a point, which was definitely wrong. Who cares? Um, but you I should care have about seen the game parlayed them all. Wait, wait, hold on. What happens when you same game parlay them all not to get a point? Is it better than the shutout odds? Did did I just try solve DraftKings sports betting? You know what? Talk you do that. that. I do. I do legitimately think I just solved sports betting though. Um. So wait. Uh. Sorry, DraftKings. If you're listening, don't don't listen. Don't listen, DraftKings. Okay. Anyway, uh, on the Philly front. We did, in fact, get Owen Tippett back into the lineup. Uh, Travis Konechny and Owen Tippett. Uh, you know, th- those are two pretty good players. It's th- the only problem is is that uh, Winnipeg is not a team you want to target uh, offensively. So I'm not really sure what to uh, you know what more to say about the Philly matchup. I uh, it was interesting that they were rolling 11 and seven uh, in Florida. You know, it worked, so I'm guessing they're going to go right back to it. But they did so in just the absolute worst way for fantasy possible, which is they just played every defenseman between uh, 19 and 18 minutes. Like, um, you know, it's just one of those ridiculous things where it just hurts everyone uh, for fantasy purposes. So, um, unfortunately, as the prices fall for Philly, we'll have to keep waiting on uh, you know, playing some of these guys like Drysdale and whatnot, because um, we know they're going to block shots when they're out there, which is nice to have for a team uh, like the Flyers. But elsewhere in this game, I think Josh Morrissey at 5,400 is awfully interesting. Uh, they are likely to replace Brendan Dillon with um, Logan Stanley, or yeah, I think it's Stanley. I don't know. Um, so like not a huge difference, but it makes the uh, more team minutes all the safer. And his price tag is down at 5,400. Um, you know, not a crazy good value or anything, given the sort of player that Morrissey is. But I think that's enough for the upside. So uh, DJ, do you have an update for us from the lab? It isn't perfect because we only have the game that's about to start uh, while recording this, the Wild Blackhawks. But if you take it under mm-hmm. on all the Wild points, it's 9 to 1. Uh, and the shutout is 11 to 1. Uh, if you do the in, or 18 to 1, 18 to 1 for Morazic to get a shutout. And the inverse is 3 to 1, I think, or 3.5 to 1 um, to 11 to 1. So okay. I don't think this so is solved. Uh, massive. I mean, I that is like. So it seems like once you just bet, like, yeah, it's like once you bet one or two points, you might as well just stop seeing me parlaying them. So, okay. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. interesting. All right. Um, anything that you want to say about the Flyers? I genuinely, even though they're rolling 11 forwards, I don't think any forwards are in play besides Couturier and Tippett. Or, I'm sorry, Konechny and Tippett at this point. I'm not really even considering Couturier. It, it's just too thin, I think, in this matchup. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I'm surprised you. You said the exact words I was thinking, and that is that there's two players on this Flyers team that are shooting the lights out of the puck, and then there's everyone else along for the ride. Um, both of them had three shot on goal last game on like eight attempts each. They had a ton mm-hmm. of opportunity. Um, I think Konechny is going to continue to just be a guy that I'm heavily interested in, even at 6,300, but it might not be here against Winnipeg where I go all in on it. Um, I think that this is a spot where if anything, it's Winnipeg one. And I don't even think I'm going to do that. Uh, just price considered. I already like the, you know, I already like two games better than this one by a good margin. I like both sides of those two games we talked about. So I don't think this one's going to make my mix. Yep. Uh, I'll keep an eye out for, um, you know, any like, oh, Vegas moves or anything. But this is a very clear, like an obvious game stack candidate. Like if I were playing 150 lineups, I would put like five that were just connect me tip it and then just you know pick a Winnipeg line or pick a pair plus Morrissey or whatever and just say like, yep, this game goes crazy you know exactly where it's coming from on the Philly front. So just take them together. They will get together on the power play. They'll skate a bit at five on five with just the 11 forwards. It just makes correlating within games a lot of fun when there's two guys like Tippett and Konechny who, um, you know, aren't going to be stacked by the field all that often. So 
Um, but that's really just an MME thought more than it is like a, you know, single entry jam it in type uh, situation. So let's get over to Tampa and the Islanders. Uh, Tampa's on a back-to-back here, so worth keeping an eye on what transpires. But we are expecting Braden Point to be, point, be centering uh, Kucherov and Nick Paul. Um, Nick Paul, 3,800, you know, going to be the same donkey nonsense um, that, that, you know, if you're playing Kucherov, you got to assume that Nick Paul is in your lineup just because of the savings that offers you. Um, but there's, of course, there's paths to Kucherov succeeding and Nick Paul putting up zero because that's who Nick Paul is. I don't really think I'm interested in this spot. Um, Tampa's just not been as good. I think the field will be playing Kucherov too much. Um, he's not been the same shot generator that uh, he was, you know, earlier on in the season. Um, he's still being very productive. I mean, this three-game stretch has been probably one of his more productive stretches of the season, by, by that matter. Um, but the process is not quite as strong from a fantasy standpoint, so I'm inclined to save my money here on Kucherov. But uh, any interest in Kucherov on your front? A little bit. Not not an insane amount. I mean, I do think the Islanders are playing a you know a better brand of hockey for fantasy relevant on uh, relevancy on both sides. And everything that I said from the beginning, you know, I can pat myself on the back because they've continued to roll out the top guys. Uh, you know, Barzal, uh, Barzal, Horvat, Nelson, Dobson, uh, just a ton. Um, so I, you know, I could see a scenario where you look at that because back to back Tampa team, and I think like if you're going to try to get away from any chalk, this is might be the actual team to do it with. Um, but other than that, I'm kind of fading this game. I'm, you know, yeah. thinking about the Islanders and that's about it right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, like is Kyle Palmieri working his way into your consideration. Um, he yeah, had that game of 11 shots, right. but yeah. even beyond that, he's, you know, in his last, whatever, six games, he has eight shots, five shots, Two six eleven two one like you know I'm not sure what that really matters like um, it's, yeah. it's just weird you know because he's clearly in a good role he's on the second line on the top power play I don't know what he can do to get off of the top or the, yeah like get off get himself kicked off of the top power play at this point um, but it's coming with shot volume so it's not nothing you have to keep it in mind I totally agree with that yeah. I mean I think that okay. I'm more inclined to play Lee, honestly, with just poor Vet Barzell Lee, but I could also just yeah. leave off that and play Dobson and I could feel fine about it. Like that, then again, I think that's a pivot away from Florida that I'm willing to consider. Um similarly priced and I just don't think anyone's gonna do it. And you know, Tampa's getting back Sergachev, which we're about to talk about. Uh I can mm-hmm. see why you are looking away from them. Um I, I just don't think it's as bad of a pivot as others. Like you're not playing a bad matchup expense like I'm overpaying yeah. for a bad, you know, I think it's an okay matchup. Um, all things considered. So what do you think about? Yeah. we. You know, I, I'm not playing Tampa. Yeah, I mean, so, I don't yeah. think there's really all that much to say, but what, do you, what are your thoughts overall? Yeah, yeah no, I, it's um, like the only, yeah. The only thing that brings me a little bit of pause is that the, uh, well, actually, that's not even true. I'm just looking at Hedman's power play production, and it's been you know kind of cold the last whatever five games. Um, so like Sergachev back, clearly could that be a jumpstart option? Certainly could at 5K, but honestly, we'll just know. Like if we see stuff in the Rangers game where they're shaking it up, then I'll be somewhat interested in uh, Mikhail Sergachev. But Hedman's 6400. That feels about as expensive as he usually gets so like i don't really want to buy the top in a matchup i don't care for um and i've already talked about the kudrov you know paul like yeah you can play them i just don't think that kudrov will be uh, sufficiently low owned enough for me to think that it's like a you know good play if i did it a thousand times and if you're not playing kudrov i mean why are you even considering tampa in my estimation um i should note that eric chernak also uh returned and he is 2500 if you need a full-on punt he's not a great player by any means, but he's good enough for fantasy. Twenty five hundred is clearly too cheap for, um, for for Chernak. So, anything else? He's he's handles Lindholm with less of the offensive production for sure. I like, it. <laughs> but um, yeah, we can no, yeah. we can move on to the final game, and I got to go hit the oh, ice myself and be a, as useful as yep. Uh, Twenty seconds ago, Turgachev down in the corner grabbing his leg. So. 
keep an eye on it. Uh, we could have a bad situation for Tampa yet again. Okay, well, that sucks. Um, yeah, literally 20 seconds ago was the tweet, though, so no sense Jeez. in uh, keeping on. All right, so uh, final oh, game of the yeah. night, Arizona and Vegas. Um, Arizona is likely to get Barrett Heaton back. Um, our friend Craig Morgan uh, posted an article, no tweets, just, just the article, uh, where he basically included a clip of Torini talking about it, and he said something to the extent of, um, if you're going to bring a player back, he's not going to dip his toe in. He better be ready to dive, um, which, you know, maybe that means he'll draw some penalties, but I'm guessing he more means, uh, you know, the, the allegory. Um, and I do believe that means that Barrett Hayton will go right back to centering Clayton Keller um, and Nick Schmaltz. Um, that's very exciting to me. Unfortunately, it's against the Vegas Golden Knights, who just shut down Connor McDavid. So, like, I don't necessarily think that, uh, you know, this is the clear spot to jump on Barrett Heaton um, and friends but if you want a sub 6k Clayton Keller now's the time to do so I've said many a time how bad Clayton Keller was without Peyton and that's you know fantasy wise he was fine whatever that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about like actually productive like driving play and, and such um, Barrett Heaton does that with Keller so I'm strongly considering it given Keller's been so good without Tayton uh to prop him up um and you know that that's just a spot where I want to be first on Barrett Hayton because I think he's actually awesome so I'm a bit torn um but I do really like Hayton so what do you think about Arizona uh any interest in the Vegas guys yeah no I mean I I'm not I, I kind of said it last slate and I'm, I'm not really gonna again jump in after two days especially without good Vegas played uh again it really wasn't that good they they basically I would say they eliminated McDavid, you know, they, McDavid had his game, uh, it, you know, mm-hmm. they needed some bounces to go the right way and it didn't, but they, they slowed down that uh, Oilers attack and they also weren't very dangerous in their own right. Um, Edmonton is very good though. So I'm willing to forgive them um, on that front. And the only consideration I really have is to go through the top power play. And the problem is, is it's Marchessault's not with either of his line mates on that top unit. If we're going off of last game, it was Marchessault, Carlson, Stone, Martinez, and Stephenson. I don't really know if I'm comfortable or feel good about going with, you know, Chandler Stevenson with Mark Stone and Paul Cotter over Marchessault. So it feels like a kind of a decent spot to go skinny with it. Um, yeah. Alec Martinez, Marchessault, and, you know, it's not the perfect game for blocks, but there's plenty of games in the game log where you'd think, that doesn't seem like the perfect game for Alex Martinez at the box bonus. He'll find a way. <laughs> he just does it. And you could, you know, if, if sure. he gets a point and a box bonus and hell, why not throw a couple shots on net while you're out there? Uh, he could easily get you a 16 or, or whatever. Um, and you're just sitting there with, I think, a really nice little two man. Of course, there's punts here as well that aren't Jonathan Marcheseau. And I just kind of rattled off the power play. And I'm sure you can. You know, you can consider Chandler Stevenson at yeah. 4,100 at center. I mean, he just got a golden assist and he can bury pucks. Um, but again, I think that this is a, I like the Marcus, so I like Martinez thing here. And I think it yeah. could be a, you know, a situation where if you are playing Arizona, I am going to actually say I'm almost stone blocking in Marcus. So, because this role of increase, his shot volume increase while they're trailing all of that comes together. You've already put Barbashev on there, so you can add Barbashev in as a third, and I'll pass it to you because um, yeah, yeah, the price is good on Barbashev. But yeah, let me, what's let me um mute. yeah, what's very interesting is that Nick Waugh fell off this list. I mean, Waugh's been a staple on this list for the last I don't know five slates that Vegas has played, and he's no longer. So um, worth taking a deeper dive if you're trying to full stack Vegas too. Um, but if you're playing March or so, you can certainly tack on Barbashev, who's continued to maintain stellar output um, as part of that line, who have been very good together. And nothing in, you know, nothing in Arizona scares me defensively. Like I, you know, like yeah, I like Hayden a lot, but I don't necessarily think that's a that's a deciding factor between whether I'm playing, um, you know, uh, Vegas or not. So. I'll echo your thoughts on Alec Martinez. We'll consider it. Um, but let's get to top stacks, guarantee goals, and get out of here. So what do you got for top stacks? Uh, did you mute yourself? I was muted. Um, yep, yep, I did. I did, because I, I was going to make a, a noise. Uh, I, yeah, okay. Um, I will go with the... I'll go with... Um, yeah, I'll go with Carolina 1. Uh, I'll go with the Ajo. Um, Jarvis... 
Teravinen, there it is. I'm like, why? I I just wanted to say Michael Bunting so bad, and it's not him. It's Teravinen. I'll just do that okay. and, and move forward. Um, I will. Yeah, I will go with. Um, let's do Marcia. So, uh, did I take Vegas last time? Whatever. Who cares? Marcia. So, no uh, Barbashev and Alec Martinez. Um, they're getting back on the horse. That's right. Yeah. No, I, I honestly that that's one of the probably three that I like the most other than Carolina one. And like, I, I love Carolina two as well yeah. uh, being the nature situation. But I, I think if you're just saying like, which stack on its own, if you're not including McKinnon and I, and in this situation, I'm not. Um, so I want to take New Jersey here, but you know, I just don't know about Jack Hughes. And I think if Jack Hughes is in, I'm just going Hughes brothers plus brat for sure. But since we don't know, um, I am just going to say the top line and just, have that be switched later if Jack Hughes is in, of course, but just say Nico Pola at 3,200 again. Um, did have a point, and just for Brat. Uh, and of course, you can include Luke Hughes if you'd like, but I'll just go with the, the line here. I dig that. Um, and I had no defenseman in my stack, which whatever, yeah, Figure no, that um, out. yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, I will, I'm gonna take Tippett and Konechny, um, but I literally don't think there's a third player I want to play from mm-hmm. Philly. So why not go Josh Morrissey as part of that and just say, like, look, there's going to be, you know, some offense to go around. 5,400 for Josh Morrissey just doesn't feel right. I mean, this dude's been 7K. Well, actually, he's been 6,800 this season. But, yeah, I'm looking. This is the cheapest Morrissey has been since uh, October 14th. And, yeah, the matchup's, like, not great, but I I just don't think it really matters that much. Um, And, you know, maybe a one-off Morrissey isn't necessarily the play. Um, but it does sort of feel like he's the sort of guy who, you know, can score 30 fantasy points and he probably won't be chalk here. I mean, I would be very surprised if he were, I guess, um, even though he's pretty low pricing wise. So let's do the the two main guys for Philly, the cheap defensemen from, well, the two cheap defensemen from Winnipeg and make that a stack. So guaranteed goals. DJ, do you want to go first? No, you go. I, I did stack first. Okay. Um, I mean, if I if I took Vegas again lastly, and I took Lindholm lastly, I mean, I'm just taking Elias Lindholm again. He's continuing to score forever. He's 4,900. He's going to have two shots on goal, probably have another two goals. Maybe he only has one, though, um, but he's definitely scoring. I mean, come on. It's, it's Vancouver. Just feel the, feel the magic. <laughs> Honestly, I you should you should write for their tourism bureau. Feel the magic. Um I will go with the former team uh, of Elias Lindholm and trying to pick which player I want to score or, or I want to believe will score is a little bit difficult, but why make it too hard? Just take Dawson Kadri. Just take the guy. He had three assists last game, five shots on goal. He's the guy that said they are hyenas going after the lion. He's only 6K. I mean, it's not like I'm spending up for this and like I, I guarantee his odds are going to be like almost two to one. Um, I think he's the most likely um, to score. What? Yeah, Sergeyev left the ice on a stretcher. Holy shit. Oh god. Yeah, I thought there was a long break there, so I didn't Oh god. Jesus. Okay. Well, oh, um horrible. yeah, anyway, just yeah. I, I guess I guess we know what Tampa looks like without Sergeyev too. So no no sense in uh, furthering the podcast for that reason. For my final goal, I will go Clayton Keller. Um just, you know, bet on Barrett Hayton being good. Um bet on Clayton Keller, you know, being a guy who the offense runs through. And yeah, uh, pretty, pretty easy stuff there. So on that note, DJ, anything else you want to say before we go? Well, I didn't take my last guarantee goal, so I guess oh, I'll say it. Should be right. I forgot I went first. Uh, I asked you to go first yep. and then I didn't. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just do Nate Joss. Just give me Nate Joss. I know I took the other stack there, but um, I think Nate Joss is, is very likely to score. So Kadri, Nate Joss, Lindholm, <laughs> Keller, that. That's fun. You may not believe it based on Tuesday, but teams are capable of scoring more than like two goals. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's in the realm of possibility that both the Carolina stack and NHS get there. You're, you're shaking your head now. Okay. Um, it's anyway, let, let's get out of here. Yeah, that's, that's certainly right. All right. So, um, That'll do it for this seven gamer. Make sure you're in the morning skate podcast discord. If you are not in there, DM me. I'm at fake moods or DJ at DJ underscore Mitchell 94 um, or the podcast at morning skate pod uh, to get on in there. If you are so inclined to check out the TikTok at 
DFS moods over there. Um, just cooking up good stuff all the time based on these pods. So uh, thank you, Rasmus Dalian, for, um, for for your fish video. Um, very, very good stuff there. And uh, thank you to the DraftKings for sponsoring this podcast on behalf of the Hockey Podcast Network. So, DJ, let's say farewell. Farewell. Thank you. From Doug, from DJ, from myself. Have a good sleep, everybody, and we will see you.